This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackbee.org. Well, welcome back to the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. My name is Sam, and I'm your host. And joining me, as is his custom, Dr. Richard Blackaby, for <laughs> which this podcast is named. <laughs> That's what a coincidence. Welcome, yeah. Sam. Welcome back. Yeah, it's good to be back. It's uh, we we had a little vacation, a little family vacation this past week uh, down to Costa Rica. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of people were kind of shocked that you'd take a little one-year-old, almost two, uh, to Costa Rica and not know for sure if you could come back or not. Yeah, well, there's uh, these newfangled uh, guidelines yeah. to getting back into your own country. and uh, I uh, think you my, decided if you had to get stranded that Costa Rica was that not, was good not a place such a bad any. place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that, uh, you know, uh, Carrie is, is quite good at um, deciphering what you know, official guidelines mean and making sure we had all the right paperwork and looking pitiful in front of customs agents. Yeah. Making sure that, yep. that, that we uh, are able to Breaking squeak into by tears when you need to. <laughs> uh, yeah. But it was good. We had a great time. Um, you know, we, we, we spent a little time on a beach and, you know, there was maybe a handful of people for, a, you know, like a mile long beach. Wow. And that was, uh, that was really the payoff for what was the temperature like it. down there. It was warm uh, at the beach. Um, I don't probably had, probably in the high 80s. Oh really? And then uh, we were up in the cloud forest um, for a while, and that was that was probably in the 60s, 70s. And, and you that had was really a, nice. like nice big private pool. You were swimming. Yeah, in. we found this great <laughs> we found this great house with a pool, and I think it's kind of spoiled us because uh, I think now anytime we travel with Claire, you know, having a private pool is just sort of like amazing <laughs> because you don't you don't have to go anywhere you don't have to desand yourself afterwards mm. and um you know Claire just she loves playing in the pool so oh, yeah. that was her favorite I think you know that's uh that's actually a good segue for today's talk Sam because there's a lot of people with COVID and certainly travel restrictions and all of that. Uh, there's a lot of people that have just hunkered down and said, yeah. you know, can't travel, can't go anywhere, don't want to get on a plane, or I, it's too complicated, or what if it's hard to get back in the country? And we had all these thoughts too, you know, and, yeah. and you know, I would <clears throat> be lying if I didn't say we 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 thought about canceling the trip, you mm -hmm. know, because it's like, is it, you know, is it really worth it? Because there's all these just hoops to jump through and unknowns and uncertainties and it's like it's you know now you guys you guys you've in, in like in just recent months this year during covid season you've also been to mexico and well mexico we did mexico in november november yeah, yeah, yeah. which is covid season well sure yeah and yeah. uh you uh you've been to utah mm-hmm where else have you guys been since? Uh, uh, Colorado. Colorado. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. we we've kind of did a national park tour. <laughs> yeah, and so I know you did some of that because and... international was a little harder. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, you know, I and, and so I I kind of mentioned that just to say because you guys, if if our listeners aren't aware, you and Carrie are world travelers. You have a blog called uh, Maple and Maps, and you, uh, you you in fact you have a goal for Claire, my two year old granddaughter. To make a hundred countries by the time she's eighteen, yeah, sixteen or eighteen, 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 yeah, graduate high school, and so right. she's just about to turn two this week. Mm -hmm. And she, how many has she been in so far? Uh, I think f fourteen, fourteen, thirteen. 
That's with COVID shutting down a lot of international yeah, travel. Yeah, half her life. Because you were supposed to go to Peru, I think. And, uh, we went or, to Peru. Or to Argentina yeah, you were going we were to supposed, go to. We Brazil. were on the plane to go to Argentina yeah. March of last year. March, I think it was the 11th or 13th. And we're sitting on the plane on the tarmac. And, you know, we're seeing the NBA just cancel the season. Tom Hanks had got COVID. And and I think travel travelers were banned from Europe coming into the U.S., uh, was was about to start happening, and I mean, just when it was all yeah. kind of breaking loose, you actually deplane. We de- yeah, we said because they were, and it still the plane still went, but but you know it was like, you know we're gonna, and it was tough because we've never done that before, and it was yeah. like okay, I I really don't know that now is the time to be in Argentina, and I, I followed the U.S. embassy in Argentina, and for just months afterwards, you know they were just alerting. Um, U.S. citizens to like what planes you might be able to catch into Brazil to then come back to the U.S. because it was just like, I mean, they just shut it down really fast. Yeah, in Argentina. Yeah. So, so I, you know, I the, the what I want to talk to today about is playing it safe, and uh, I, I I think there's a, there's a difference between playing it safe and being prudent. Mm-hmm. Um, but and this is a tough one because. Uh, especially if there's things that are fearful out there, we tend to just, there, there's some people who live in fear who always yeah. do the most conservative, careful thing. And it, I guess it depends on what you're dealing with. If you're dealing with, you know, radioactive material, it's probably wise to do that. Yeah. Um, if you are just living your life uh, and you just sort of carefully, cautiously, never take risks, never venture out, um, always take the most uh, precautious, cautious way of doing things. Sometimes I think you can look back at the end of your life or in the end of your leadership and say, "Was that really? Was that what it was called for? To just always do the safest thing?" Um, mm-hmm. Because there are opportunities to be had, and as you said, as you were telling me today, uh, Costa Rica was beautiful, not crowded, yeah. uh, things were available, no lines to wait in to go get uh, meals, whatever. Uh, there was, in the midst of COVID, there were some opportunities that turned out great, mm-hmm. uh, direct flight from Atlanta. <laughs> so yeah. I'd be do a travel bureau. but uh, And so I want to talk for a moment just about that. And I know when COVID first really began to strike, I was struck by a passage in Luke uh, chapter 19, and the first 10 verses in Luke 19 is, of course, the great story about Zacchaeus. And when that story is done, they're, they're on, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. He's getting near the city, and he feels compelled. The disciples are asking, basically, is this it? I mean, is this the end times? Is it all kind of wrapping up here now? And, and, uh, and so Jesus says, uh, he tells a story and he says there was a nobleman traveling to a far country to receive for himself authority to be king. Uh, by the way, th- most people feel like this is probably referring to King, uh, uh, based on the story of King Herod. It's, it's not the, the story, but that's what King Herod had to do. He had to actually go to Rome mm-hmm. and uh, the, 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 the emperor of Rome had to make him author- have the authority to be king over Judah, Judea. And so the, the Jesus' listeners would be familiar with this process, mm-hmm. that you go away to be made king over your land. And, and the people didn't like Herod. They didn't want him to be king. Uh, and so he says, that, well, so as this noble is getting ready to leave, he brings in 10 of his servants and he gives them each a minna. 
And a minna was a, a Greek amount of money that was equal to about 100 days wages, about three months wages. So not a, not a, a massive fortune. Like uh, Matthew talks about uh, uh, talents, which was much, much more. This is about 160th or some so of a talent. So it's much smaller amount. Ten of them are given them. And, but he says something interesting uh, in verse 13. He gives them the minna, and then he says, engage in business until I come back. That's all he tells them, and then he leaves. Uh, and there's several things fascinating about that. Uh, for one, if you've ever engaged in business, you, you know what that involves. It involves uh, looking for opportunities, looking for customers, looking for sales, looking for new markets, for possibilities. It, it means basically have an entrepreneurial spirit that uh, looks for what maybe others are missing, but where there might be a great return. And, uh, and, I, and I love that idea, uh, look for the possibilities, engage mm -hmm. for business. And the thing that's interesting is it says that uh, the citizens of that country hated the man who was going to be the king. They didn't want him to be the king. Uh, and so... Uh, and then that was the case with Herod as well. They they actually sent delegations urging Rome, don't let this guy be our king, mm -hmm. uh, which didn't work. And so um, think about trying to do business in a in a land where everybody hates your boss. And so you 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 think, oh, I've got a minna here. Maybe I can invest it in this local ice cream stand. Uh, and then they ask you, well, who, whose money is this? Who are you, who's, who are you investing for? Who's our silent partner? And you'd say, um, uh, oh, uh, well, it's that, that noble. And they respond, oh, we, well, we hate him. If that's him, I don't want to do business. Yeah. Uh, so how do you, how do you do business in a land where everybody hates your boss? You know, it's, it's, just, it's not that easy to do. I yeah. mean, you got to be pretty creative. To, it's one thing to say engage in business, but what if nobody wants to do business with you? Uh, and we, we often miss that in the parable here, but it's not easy to do that. It's, you're in a society that is predisposed against uh, who you work for. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, one eventually the noble comes back, he's been made the king, and uh, the first servant comes up and he says, you gave me a minna, it's made ten. And I, I like the way it says that. It says, your minna has made 10, has earned 10 more minutes. Well, yeah, it was his minna, but it didn't just miraculously, you know, one day you look in it that shoebox. It propagate. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I put one minna in that shoebox and now there's 10 in there, you know, it's breeding. Yeah. Uh, no, he, he had to go look for business and he took that one minna and he had a tenfold return. And you don't get a tenfold return by playing it safe. No. You don't get a tenfold return by taking the most cautious investment possible. Um, and every, anyone who invests knows that any investment that has the potential for a large gain also has the potential for a large loss. You, right. you run The only way to make a lot of money is typically to run a lot of risk and to have the nerve to do that. And so uh, this servant apparently was willing to take that risk, and he came back with a tenfold uh, return. And so, of course, the master says, well done, good servant. Uh, because you've been faithful in a very small matter, have authority over ten towns. And then the second person, he had gotten his up by five, which is still five times the investment. That's a great return. 
Uh, and so he's given five cities as well to oversee. But then the third guy comes, and of course, he's afraid. He says, uh, he says, I kept it safe because I was afraid of you. Hmm. Uh, basically, he's driven by fear. And so he says, so I, I basically, he, he buried it, kept it in the ground. Uh, and, uh, and look, I didn't lose a thing, he says. You gave me a minna. Here's your entire minna back, just the way you gave it to me. Hmm. And of course, he's condemned. Um, and uh, it's taken, what he did have is taken away. He loses it. By playing it safe, he loses. He's so afraid of losing that he plays it safe, and then he loses his investment as a result. And so the 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 things that I've just noticed about this that I think are so important for us, especially in this time, to be noticing is that number one, you can either be driven by uh, possibilities or by problems. Uh, yeah. Two of the servants look for the possibilities. the The third one looked at the problems. Well, my boss is very hard to deal with. He'll be very upset if I lose this. Uh, I'm in a in a country where people don't like my boss, so it's it's really going to be difficult to find anyone to do business with. So better just to play it safe. Um, and, and so one is driven by the the the, the problems, uh, and the others say, yeah, but even in this context, there are possibilities. Let's let's look for them, and uh, and they find them. The other is that some people are driven by fear. They're more afraid of what they will lose than they are excited about what they could gain. Some people are always about where's the gain, where where's the possibilities. Others are all about oh oh how could we what might we lose if we're not careful, uh, and so they're driven by fear. Mm. Uh, and I and I'm seeing that particularly in society today, uh, where for various reasons there are many people driven by fear. And I, and I'll see this. You know we. Back at Thanksgiving, uh, we all ran uh, a Thanksgiving a 10K run. And, and we took a, and of course, we're all run. It was a virtual run. I'm not virtual. We, we did the run, but we weren't in a, yeah, a crowd of, of 16,000 or however many there are in the Peachtree run. Uh, instead, we just found our own course running around a golf course in neighborhood. And, and it was just the, f- the f- five of us uh, running. And, uh, and we took a picture afterward of having run 10K on Thanksgiving morning. And I had a couple of friends who just commented about, well, where's your masks? You know, you're, you're out running 10K and you're not wearing a mask. And uh, it's like, well, it's my, like my wife. And like, you know, it's my kids, uh, people that I work with every Plus day. you're outdoors. And we're outdoors. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so, I mean, I do wear a mask when I go to Walmart or I go to a restaurant or wherever I go. But... Um, but just to say, you know, like, but we ran 10 K on Thanksgiving morning and none of us obviously got infected. None of us were, had, were rounded at the time. Um, and so I, I was just thrilled that we could do that, uh, to go into Thanksgiving having run 10 K already. Uh, but some people were like, oh, you went outside, like on public streets. What if you were to catch something? Um, and of course, I'm, you know, there could, I suppose, be a chance of coming across someone, but, uh, but at some point you sort of weigh the, the, the risk. You, you try yeah. to be prudent. Certainly whenever we, we passed anybody, we gave a wide berth and didn't cough or open our mouth or inhale. We kind of had until we got past. But, uh, I look at that and I just say, you can live your life in fear of what you might lose, but then there will be circumstances where you won't gain either. Uh, you'll miss opportunities. Yeah. And so when it comes to leading, you've got to ask yourself, uh, am I leading based on fear? 
am I leading based on trying to avoid problems or am I leading based on looking for possibilities? Uh, am I hopeful, hoping for what can be gained or am I fearful, just afraid of losing? Um, hmm. And what you notice that Jesus is the one who tells this parable and he concludes and says, basically, there's no reward for playing it safe. Uh, the one who played it safe is the one who's condemned and he's, has what was given to him is taken away. Yeah. Uh, and so in the kingdom of God, there's no reward for the guy who just plays it safe. Um, and I think that's important to realize, especially today, and I would say especially for the church and especially for Christians today, when you look at the state of society, you look at uh, North America and where it's at right now, and you have to conclude this is not a time for Christians to be playing it safe, especially when it comes to the kingdom of God and for churches to play it safe. This is a time for churches to take risks. This is a time for churches to be driven more by the possibilities than by what problems they have to face right now, what regulations they have to abide by. You, you can see all that, but then say, but, but where are the possibilities today, even with COVID, even with polarization and uh, racial discord and everything else? Are there possibilities in a time like this? And so want to just we'll take this the, the remaining moments in a moment here. Uh, just to talk about that. Yeah. Well, let's unpack that uh, right after the break. Once a quarter, Richard Blackaby gives a conference call devotional for marketplace leaders in partnership with Workforce Ministries. Connect with this call via Zoom or on the telephone. The next call will be held on Wednesday, February 24th at noon Eastern Time. Visit workforceministries.org for the phone number and for the Zoom link. Links will also be in the show notes. So Richard, I love this passage uh, that you've highlighted for us in Luke, and uh, yeah, I think a lot of people might be surprised by the harshness that uh, of the punishment that happens to the guy who yeah. who saved the minna. It's like, hey, yeah. you gave me something, I didn't lose any of it. Yeah, he's like, well, hey, at least he didn't lose anything, but but quite the opposite uh, happens to him, and I think that I think that might surprise people. Yeah, and so uh, maybe just in the last few minutes of our time here. Let's just unpack what that means for us in our lives. Well, you know, sometimes I, the church sometimes has really gotten off on this thing about, well, it's not about the numbers. You know, God's not into, as long as you're faithful, you, you know, he, that, God doesn't care about how fruitful you are. He just wants you to be faithful. And mm. I'd say, well, don't look at that parable then, because that, that parable, the one who, uh, the, the ones who get rewarded are the ones whose numbers go up. <laughs> yeah. And I guess, I guess it would, uh, it depends on how you define faithful, too. Yeah. Like, See, this guy would say I was faithful because I didn't lose anything. Yeah. And and the master here, Jesus, the storyteller, would say, no, the ones who were faithful were the ones that multiplied what yeah. was given to them. And so I realize it's different. You know, I don't want to get too hard on people numbers-wise, but I know, for instance, churches that have not grown in years. But the same handful of people keep faithfully meeting and having services, and they would say, well, we're faithful. We keep meeting. But they're not reaching their community. Nobody yeah. in their neighborhood has been reached for Christ. Uh, but this handful of faithful keep meeting. And so they think that they're faithful, yeah. but they, they're not growing. They're not reaching anyone. Yeah. And I guess you would, again, just come back to that definition of faithfulness. Like faithful to what? Faithful to meet? Was yeah. that what you were called to do? To yeah. meet regularly as a church? Faithfully? Right. Or, and, or was it something else? Yeah. 
and pastors who keep preaching, but there's never any decisions made. The, yeah. the, the, the congregation never grows, but they're faithful to preach. But maybe they're not preaching very well, and so no one is coming, no one's attracted, but they're faithful to keep doing the same thing they've always done, yeah. even if it's not very well done. Uh, but what is clear from here is Jesus is saying, no, I want to see growth. I want to see increase of some kind. And, uh, you know, there, it, it, it's not, even in this parable, it doesn't mean it's the same amount of growth for everybody. Right. But are you, is there some way in which you are engaged in business? Like in business, people understand. If, if you never sell anything, if you never have any new customers, but you say, but I was faithful because I went to the store every day and I opened it up and I sat behind the counter even though we never sold anything. That's not faithful. That's called bankruptcy. <laughs> uh, but in the yeah. church, we, we do that in the church all the time and we, we call it faithful. And mm. so I, I think it's interesting when he says engage in business. He's kind of using a term that business people understand. We understand yeah. it's about growth and numbers. And uh, so, you know, the, the, there's lots of ways to apply that. Uh, but I think the main thing is have an entrepreneurial spirit about you that as you go out into every day, you're looking for the possibilities. It might just be having lunch at, at, at the office and you, you look around and realize, you know, there's a, a staff person I've never really gotten to know. Maybe today I'm going to just Per, intentionally sit with him and talk with him, get to know him. Uh, or maybe there's just, uh, when I go to work, I realize, you know, instead of just doing the same thing I do every day, maybe there's some new things I could do, some new possibilities. And I, you know, I've talked about this before, but uh, when COVID hit, I'm up to, I think, over 60 trips now that have been canceled because of COVID. So all of a sudden, my calendar is freeing up. Now, I can either sit there and look at a calendar that's suddenly gone blank when it was totally full with international travel and domestic travel, or I, 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 I stopped and I thought, well, what can I do? And mm -hmm. I ended up, uh, I think, overhauling about five different books that uh, the Blackabees or my dad has written in the past and uh, wrote a, a, a new book. Uh, took on a bunch of projects. I decided to start running seriously. Um, and in a, about uh, two weeks, I'm scheduled to run my first half marathon, which oh, wow. uh, scares me to death. But uh, yeah, it should. Do you remember when you were calling me accountable about running the 10K? I do. I remember and, that. Uh, yeah. That, so I don't know if I can make it or not. But you know what? I Well, the it, fact that you're attempting it is that says it's, something. It's, that's, to, to me, that is uh, trying to get the 10 minutes. It's saying uh, I could either feel really bad about COVID and having to wear a mask all the time, or I could start running more and push myself to try to reach a goal I never thought ever that I would uh, even be yeah. able to entertain. Well, I remember when we first started this podcast that I think your goal was, I think, just a 5K. Then. Yeah, without having to stop partway through yeah. and call an ambulance. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. And to, well, that's great. And now to think I'm going to try for uh, 13 miles. Mm-hmm. Uh, 13.1. Yeah, 13.1. Yeah, that point one could be the difference maker right there. Yeah, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, I looked at that and I thought, are there possibilities here? And I, again, that's never to minimize all the bad. Right. But it's to say, with all the bad, can there be some good that is seized for, even from this? Mm -hmm. uh, there's lots of businesses that have done that. A lot of uh, like uh, restaurants, for instance, that have put various kinds of uh, dividers up between tables. Uh, they've they've gone into 
uh, very aggressive takeout and pickup yeah. uh, that they didn't have before. They've advertised on differently, offering maybe free delivery or, or different different you know incentives. Yeah. Well, they adapt and they. It's a matter of survival yeah. for them. And then all of a sudden, it's like, well, hey, we instead of just saying "woe is us," we don't have customers now. They pivoted. They they found other ways to service customers, and they did it better than other restaurants were. So they stayed in the game, and they got a ten minute uh, return because words out. Hey, if you want a safe, easy way to get good food delivered, then use them. Like the and. Uh, so, yeah, I've seen churches doing that. Uh, um, and my dad was always good at that. He was just, he, you could call him a spiritual entrepreneur, but he was constantly looking for what the possibilities were with God. And so, you know, quite famously, we move up to Canada, and the, the very first day we get there, there's like 10 people left in the church uh, welcoming us. And before that day's out, my dad's already started his first mission church, and people people were constantly telling my dad, are you crazy? Like, you've only got 10 people. You can't start a mission. You, they can't even pay you a salary for your family. Well, how could you, why would you bring your associate uh, up with you? Um, and then, then one of the first missions he starts is 500 miles away in, in Winnipeg. And it's like, you got to be crazy. Like, you can't start a church 500 miles away. Like, how are you going to deal with that? How, and so on. Uh, constantly doing things that seem foolhardy, risky. I can't tell you how many times people told my dad he was crazy, that if he followed through with that crazy idea, he would sink his own church. Like, your church will—just think of what you could lose. Uh, I, I remember the church that was he started 500 miles away. Uh, he the People just said, that's just—you're you're overextending. That's too much. Uh and uh, but my dad felt like God wanted us to do that, and uh, very quickly we got a pastor, and and he took it and ran with it. And uh, but interestingly, years later, that church, 500 miles away, became my church. That was the first church I ever was called to. Mm. Um, and so my dad, when he, everyone's telling him, "Are you crazy to start a church over there?" has no idea that his oldest son will cut his teeth on that very church a few years later. Mm -hmm. uh, and so you think, what if he'd saved himself? What if he had said, no, let's not overextend ourselves? Um, would have had a direct impact on me. Uh, your wife, in fact, was born in that city. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, you know, we, we you look back that, and... That church... You, you just say, uh, uh, you know, there. some people keep seeing the possibilities. And so, like, I remember people would say to my dad, they would say, well, uh, well, why is it that so much stuff always happens around him? But, and then I literally, I heard people say, well, nothing like that ever happens around me. But it sounds like, for some reason, it's like God plays favorites. He's always doing stuff around your dad. And my dad would say, well, no, it's the very same God who can do just as much around you. The difference is, are you willing to take the risk? Are you willing to venture out when God, your heart starts racing and you have this sense, I can't believe this, I think God may be asking me to write my first book or go on that mission trip uh, when I don't know how I'm going to afford to do it or start that uh, business on the side I've always wanted to start but never thought I could pull it off. And uh there's just so many ways in which God uh, can uh, motivate you to and stretch you to do things uh, that you never dreamed that you would do. It's kind of like Moses, you know, for years he's herding sheep in the backside of the desert and watching the news every night saying, 
man, it just looks so bad there in Egypt. You know, I wish God would do something about those Israelites. And then, uh, and then all of a sudden one day there's a burning bush and God says, Hey, by the way, I'm, I'm going to do something about those Israelites. Oh, good God. I've been praying about that. I'm really glad you're going to do that. And then God says, and I'm going to use you. Uh, and all of a sudden there's this crisis of belief. Well, think about what I could lose. I'm a wanted man there. I've never done that. I, I don't have that skill set. You're asking me to do stuff I'm not good at. Uh, and God would be saying, but look at the possibilities. Yeah. Look what could happen if you trusted me and did something you've never done before. Just think how many people would be blessed because you took a risk. Uh, you didn't play it safe. Most you could play it safe and just live out the rest of your days herding sheep in the desert. No one's going to want to kill you. No Egyptian army is going to chase after you. But yeah. you also will look back on your life and realize pretty nondescript, ordinary life. Uh, he lived, he died, didn't do anything of significance, um, and now he's gone. Or you take some risk and you look back and realize that was the greatest single thing that your life ever did. And mm. the one thing you'd never want to uh, uh, look back on and, and, and do differently is when God told you to uh, take that risk. Um, and uh, and so I, I look at churches doing stuff. I see pastors live streaming. They'd never done that before. And all of a sudden, you, they're, of all things, they're live streaming around the world. And uh, people are, are, are being impacted around the world by what's happening in their church. I see people writing their first books. And I, I help people almost every week trying to figure out how do I get this book published and I'm scared. I've never done this before, but I just feel like it's something God wants me to do and I'm going to do it. And people that leave comfortable jobs and positions because they know they only live once and they just don't want to spend the rest of their life just playing it safe, doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. uh, when I, I've known people that left very well-paid, comfortable jobs and went into ministries where they had they weren't sure where they'd get paid. But they love what they did. They love the impact they were having. They love the thrill of just uh, of their heart racing every week, saying, "Will we make payroll? Will <laughs> will uh, this work or not?" Um, there's a great uh, maybe just close. There's a great quote uh, I, by Hunter Thompson. I don't I don't agree with all of Thompson's uh, views. In fact, uh, I, I, full disclosure, he ultimately committed suicide. So his uh, he didn't end his life quite necessarily the way he he describes it, but, but I do like his quote. Uh, I think it pictures this whole theme. Well, he says, uh, life should not uh, be a journey to the grave in a, um, in a pretty and well-preserved body, but rather to skid in broadside in a cloud of smoke, thoroughly used up, totally worn out and loudly proclaiming, wow, what a ride. Mm. Uh, and of course he ended up, uh, committing suicide about age 67, I think he kind of skidded in and decided to end it all. But uh, but I, I I love that uh, that approach to say what do you hold back when you when you cross the finish line when you when you enter into heaven uh, when you stand face to face with God uh, do you think that God's going to say well done you know you 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 hardly exerted yourself throughout your whole life <laughs> you never took a risk you never stressed yourself look at all that money that you left behind in the, in the bank because you never invested it in my kingdom. Uh, and look at all the energy you saved so that you, you could have it when you got to heaven <laughs> instead yeah. of sp spending it on earth to, to change uh, your world. 
I don't, I don't think we'll be rewarded for playing it safe. Um, I, I don't think we'll be rewarded for being foolish. Yeah. Uh, but when God puts something in your heart and it scares you to death, that's that may really be the most you've ever lived mm. is in those moments. So I, for our listeners, I just say, if there's something God has been sort of percolating in your spirit, something that maybe for years you've thought that you, God wanted you to do, and you've just never had the courage, uh, to, to the craziness to, to do it, <laughs> this is the time, I think, for God's people uh, to, to stop playing it safe and to go for it with God and uh, change their world. Well, that's a great place to leave it. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners, so email us at podcast at blackme.org.